Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the Righteous Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ray Charles. I am coming at you with our final guest for 2020, none other than Dr. James Chung. He's a vice president of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. I had the distinct opportunity uh, to meet and visit with Dr. Chung several months ago. I'm on the board of Operation Mobilization and each board member was assigned to just have a conversation with one of our stakeholders. And I, I just knew that was just part one of many future conversations. So Dr. Chong, welcome to the Righteous Leadership Podcast. Dr. Ray, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we even dive into it, I know I'm not going to do justice of introducing yourself. So can you just share a little bit about yourself to our audience? Um, uh, of your background and the things that you do at InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Sure, sure. Um, I'm the Vice President of Strategy and Innovation. And mm -hmm. so we are basically the research and development arm for InterVarsity, which InterVarsity as a campus uh, ministry is like the research and development arm for the local church. So mm -hmm. my joke is we're like the R&D department of the R&D department of the church wow. here in America. Wow. And wow. Um, we produce the resources that we use throughout the movement, uh, whether it's planting or discipleship and growth or for global engagement and justice or evangelism mm. or uh, multi-ethnic initiatives. They all come out of our, our department and we have a digital design house called the Creative Labs and all that sits under what is called strategy and innovation for university. Strategy and innovation. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Wow. I've been on staff way too long. I've been on staff for um, 25 years and counting. And you started uh, at what at, 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 at five, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you are such a smooth talker. No, no, I'm, I'm older than I guess I look. I'm not sure how old I look now. I'm the gray is, is coming onto the sides, yeah, but 25 yeah. years with Ivy, um, nine years on campus, and then from mm. that point on so into more management type roles. I, I currently live in uh, near Los Angeles, been here for now 10 years. Mm. Um, my wife is a uh, she teaches at uh, USC, mm. and I have three kids. Um, wow. They are two boys and a girl, and I, I'm so um, <laughs> I know I'm supposed to treat my kids fair, but I do treat my daughter pretty well, and my sons notice it. So um, I, I'm saving up for both their college for their college savings and their counseling because dad hasn't been totally fair. Um, wow! wow. <laughs> that's, now that's the like, last time the last time you yeah. and I spoke, I noticed we had a couple of things in common. We, we, okay. we have that Chicago connection. We do. I was born in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I was right. well. I was born in Trinidad, but I consider Chicago home because. Uh, let me put it this way: I was born in Trinidad, but I became a man in Chicago. That's, right. that's that's that that my adulthood after college. But we also have another uh, element in common: uh, engineering background. Tell me a little bit right. about that. I did go to college to be an electrical engineer. I took about a year and a half of classes and then received a mercifully received a call to ministry and so mm -hmm. didn't end up with an engineering degree i, I did go to a, um uh, i guess I, was, I went to mit uh which yeah obviously is known for its engineering um ended up with a business wow. degree, however and uh ended up with a call to ministry and now have been doing ministry since graduated from college uh, as a full-time vocation now, now this is what i love about podcasts because i had no intention to go down that path Okay. Uh, uh, Dr. Chang, unpack that just a little more. Let's go a little deeper on that. Mm. Did you have any hesitation at all? Did you have any regret when the call came? Did you have any doubt? Or was it like a, 
Absolutely. Here I am, send me. Talk to, talk to our audience. Let's go. I had no intention of going down that path until you <laughs> opened that Pandora's box. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's a funny story. Um, and I don't want to go too super, super long into it, but it is, um, and your question more directly. Yes, there was hesitation. No, okay. there has been no regrets. I, I do think um, I've, I felt that I received the call to ministry pretty strongly. I was at a Korean church retreat and it was a noisy prayer time on the last night, as you could imagine, for a Korean church. And then uh, I felt God saying, um, come away. I want to tell you something. Yeah. And so then I, you know, it, and I hadn't, there's not like a long history of me, like hearing sure. God in this way. Um, went upstairs to a quiet place. I said, okay, God, well, I'm, I'm, I'm here. What do you want to, what do you want to show me? Mm. And it was weird. I just saw like the word ministry flash mm. before my eyes very wow. strongly. Wow. And I felt in my spirit that that was a call to full-time vocational ministry. We're all ministers, right? But Absolutely. Ministry. Absolutely. And what, I went, what? oh no, that's not what I came to MIT to do. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and I said, well, Lord, well, you, you obviously got the wrong person. This is my initial response was, <laughs> you got the wrong guy. This is not what you want me to do. This is not the intent. And um, so I said, okay, God, well then fine. If you've called me into ministry, or, so I'm finding, I'm saying, no, no. And I don't think you got the right guy. Mm. I see the word ministry flash before my eyes again. Mm. And I'm like, okay, okay, God, if you've got this in mind, then you're going to let someone else encourage me today. Mm. Mm. At this point, it's like already eight or nine o'clock at night, right? So it's not, it's right. not early. And I'm saying, by today, you're going to have someone encourage me because I don't want to be the crazy guy. Very low probability. Right? Yeah, this is, yeah. you got the wrong guy. So um, that's how we actually close that prayer time, or I close it. Uh, and I come back downstairs. And within the hour, there was a senior at Wellesley College, a woman who's a leadership. She was in, a leader in our church fellowship. Mm -hmm. she just came up to me and she goes james have you ever thought about doing full-time ministry because i think you'd oh my be goodness good at it and i i like i didn't even have any pretense i just looked at her i go who told you to say that <laughs> and she goes i just felt like god wanted me to share that with you <laughs> wow. you know and i wow. sort of took that and it fell to my spirit that that was like for me to ignore this call mm -hmm. would be disobedience mm -hmm. wow. So I, wow i took that back to my dad and told him that evening sunday night to call him and my recollection was like, he said, I, well, he said, why don't you think about it for a week? If you mm -hmm. still feel that way in a week, go ahead. Right. That was because mm. I was planning then to change my major mm. based on that call. Um, and so then the, I remember coming back the next week. I still feel that way. And my dad goes, I bless you. And it was great wow. to have my Korean father say yes uh, mm. to my, my call. And I immediately changed my major to brain and cognitive sciences Mm. And ended up with a management science and marketing degree. So there's wow. a movie. Um, wow. Later, when wow. you asked my pops about that, what happened? He mm -hmm. said in his mind that when I said I was going into ministry, his first thought was, get this, I did not send my son to MIT <laughs> to go into ministry. It was like, like father, like son, right? And so wow. the whole time that week, he's praying against it. Lord, release him. Tell him he's heard wrong. You know, he's <laughs> the whole time. Because he's a devout, loves Jesus. Yeah. devout but he was trying to convince god to change his mind wow and then on wednesday this is how my dad tells it um and i hear this story like 10 years after the fact or mm. six, ten, way after when i'm he's introducing me to the youth group that he's now running 
mm-hmm. <laughs> at that point because he became a pastor after I did. And so <laughs> he's telling this story. So I'm hearing it. So here he is on a Wednesday and he's asking God to release me again. And then God tells him the question. He asks him a question, right? And he says to him, whose son is he? Is he yours or is oh he Oh my mine? goodness. Wow. Can you believe that, right? So it's a straight up punch in the face question. And my mm. dad, to his credit, goes, well, Lord, he's yours. Wow. Yours. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> there, there, are, there are so many layers to that story. I'm, I'm so glad that you, you didn't stay on the surface. And, 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 and quite frankly, Dr. Chong, that mm. what you just shared is so juicy. I mean, I love the, the, the fact that you, you know, you're VP and this, that, and the other, but that story is a great introduction to our topic tonight okay. uh, of, uh, as from the last time we spoke, you, you shared a term, uh, uh, adaptive leadership, and I want, to, I want you to sort of unpack that for us. But before we get to that, I'm going to go to the same question. This is episode 28, same question that we start of the Righteous Leadership Podcast with for all the past 27 episodes is when you hear the term righteous leadership, what comes to mind? Can you oh. share, give us the, 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 the Dr. James Chung in a varsity Christian fellowship version? When you hear the term righteous leadership, what comes to mind? What a fantastic question. Um, you know, right out of the gates, righteous um, or righteousness, I, I'm thinking of the, the Hebrew word, like zedakah, right? Or, or I think in the Greek, it's diakosune. Is that the word? It's um, in, in both of those languages, righteousness isn't just a personal righteousness, isn't just a piety, but it has a social or a sort of a component outside of the oh my relational, goodness. right? So um, you could translate that as justice, or you can translate that as, uh, I like the, using the word rightness for that kind Ooh. of word. So seek first God and his rightness and all these things mm. will be added unto you. So trying to get a sense of both the justice of God, of making things right. So mm. then the Hebrew idea of shalom, of everything made right, yeah. as well as an yeah. internal doing things right. Yeah. Uh, and a righteous leadership to me would have both of those elements. Mm. A place where you're doing things for the reason, you're doing the things that Jesus did for the reasons that he did them, right? Then internal righteousness and internal rightness, a righteous kind of leadership, but also that the actions that you do have the kind of impact that is just and moral and right. We've seen a lot of the impact in our our world of unrighteous leadership. Just, my goodness, and the damage that creates and does and how quickly so many are willing to follow unrighteous leadership. Mm. So in that way, I, I feel that it's a, a very poignant term for now, a righteous wow. leadership, a rightness in our leadership that is both moral and has impact that is just. That, that's what comes to mind right out of the gates. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And, 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 and what are, first of all, thank you. And, and, and if, you, if you do, if you listen to this podcast, and you don't have a, a pen and, and a pad, I'm going to give you about 10 seconds right now to get <laughs> a pen and pad because uh, Dr. Chang is about to drop some more nuggets. I know at least four more nuggets uh, before this, this podcast is over. When we spoke last, mm-hmm. you 
you whetted my appetite. You shared a term, uh, and and as as a fellow engineer, I, I'm you know I'm 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 a research junkie. You know, I I, I hear a term and I go right in and I, I try to go deep, and yeah. I am amazed of how rich this term. Uh, adaptive leadership is, which is a term that I first heard from you. I've never heard it before in my life. Never heard okay. it. Mm -hmm. How does um, adaptive leadership come into play in the context of righteous leadership? When you look at when you look at righteous leadership, let me let me tell you. Let me give you a little background as to why I'm asking you this. Because the foundation, Dr. Chung, I don't know if I've shared with this with you. The foundation of of this podcast. Mm. Is Proverbs twenty nine two, mm. and Proverbs twenty nine two says, "When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice." Ah, yes, yes, right. right. You, you see where I'm going with this. Yep. When the righteous, and 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 so so there's two key words there that I'm going to sort of set it up before I pass the baton to you. Uh, actually, mm. pass the mic to you. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. So there are people that are in a, authority. And I call that the pod, P-O-D. When people are in authority, they provide protection. When people are in authority, they provide order. When people are in authority, they provide direction. Mm. People in authority do that. Mm -hmm. But people in authority don't necessarily provide leadership. Mm. So Proverbs says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Yes. I believe the missing link there between the authority and the rejoicing is that adaptive leadership that you introduced me to. So share with our audience. Oh, great. Yes. Thoughts and on that. I, would, I will. It, well, I'm trying to figure out the way that those two connect well. Because hmm. um, adaptive leadership, right, is, um, it's a term by Ron Heifetz. Um, then, and I learned it from Todd Bolzinger, who wrote um, a book, a Christian perspective on adaptive leadership called Canoeing the Mountains. Um, and uh, I was actually trained under him. So I, I do have adaptive leadership certification now, <laughs> apparently. Uh, so that, that's great. There, there's um, an adaptive leadership is usually opposed to technical leadership. So uh, where technical leadership is the improvements upon like either expertise or the ways that you're just methodically doing things. You're just, you're taking what you know and improving it, just making it a little bit better, a little bit more effective, a little more efficient. And in that way, you just keep improving it technically and getting, getting and it better. That's technical leadership, right? That that, technical that's leadership. what you, that's what many of us went to college for. College trained right. us for technical leadership. Uh, continue doc. That's right. Now, an op opposition to that is adaptive leadership, which is the kind of leadership needed when what you know doesn't get you there anymore. <laughs> like, so it, you're realizing you're at a place where the technical fix, the improvement of something, just mm. adding the website, you know, making the worship sound better, whatever you're doing, you're just, it, it needs more than just the technical fix, the, the gap between what you need to get to where you need to get to and where you are is just too great to just try to tinker with it and make it better. That it's probably just broken. Um, and you actually need to have an adaptive change rather than a technical change and thus need adaptive leadership, which is a far more um, traumatic, <laughs> a far more difficult kind of leadership to offer. Mm. But um, also is the kind of leadership you need to get to the new place. Wow. So with a, 
the book for Todd Bolzinger, the, the Canoeing the Mountains, where that title comes from, it, it's from the expedition of Lewis and Clark as they were going across mm. from the West. And um, when, what they were expecting from the West Coast was pretty much an extension of the East Coast, flatlands that they'll just get to and they'll get to some hills at some point. But generally, they're going to be able to find the stream or the tributary that's going to help them get through to the other side of the continent. They were looking for this magical stream to get there. So they actually packed with them canoes mm. as they went because they were just going to look for that river that would finally get them to the other side gently mm. <laughs> gently there and when they get to about what that that western part uh, of the plains and they see the rocky mountains for the first time mm. there's nothing in their experience to, to let them know that they, that these kinds of geological structures exist wow. and that they they would have to cross them right like i remember being on the east coast for 11 years and what they call mountains on the East Coast is a joke. You know what I'm saying? Something with only about a thousand or two thousand foot elevation gets to be called a mountain on the East Coast. Mm. On the West, right? When I'm growing up in the shadow of Mount Rainier, I'm a Seattleite, mm. 14,400 feet up, you know, 2,000 feet, that's foothills. And now Lewis and Clark are seeing the Rockies for the first time and mm. they're realizing their canoes are not going to get them over these mountains. So what do they do? You know, they got to find a guide and they ditch the canoes. They actually have to leave what they know. Leave they what they get, know. Exactly. Oh my they, goodness. They've got to get some pack mules. They got to do, I'm, I can't exactly remember all the things that they had to do, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they have to leave the canoes behind because it's not going to get them there. They've mm. got to actually climb these mountains by foot and get over to the other side mm. uh, with the help of, of, some, of some guides. So that's really the, the kind of leadership that might be needed today and yeah. sort of making the connection then to righteous leadership, right? We've Doc, as, I, I, as I listen to you, as yeah. I listen to you, I, I'm having so many aha moments. I'm having so many uh, <laughs> light bulb moments because, mm. because I, I mean, our foundational text is Proverbs 29 too, but I've never seen it in the light until this very moment right now after you just shared what you just shared two minutes ago. Hmm. So, so let me tell you what I just heard. Okay. As you were sharing the story about the book, I was like, oh my goodness, that's it. When the righteous are in authority. So there is a certain mindset of the righteous in authority. If someone that is not righteous can be an authority, and more than likely, they will be practicing technical leadership. But when the righteous are in authority, they are able to, to, to flex. They are able to adapt. They're, they're going right. They know they're supposed to go right, but, but, but it's like your story. I mean, your story is, is right in line with what we're talking about. I'm going to MIT, electrical engineer. That is exactly what I see myself doing. And then because you, Dr. Chung, are righteous, you heard the voice of God. You said, no, I'm calling into full-time ministry. Mm -hmm. And so you make that, as Siri will say in, in the GPS, recalculating. Uh -huh. you, 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 you heeded, you heeded, you heeded to that voice recalculating. So when the righteous are in authority, they heed 
to the voice that says recalculating, even though they were on the path of technical leadership. Mm. Doc, am I hearing you correctly? No, I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, because, and we haven't said it as explicitly as you're saying it now. Our righteousness is not our own. Mm. It, it comes from God. And that's, that's so basic and so obvious. And at the same time, so foundational. Because if we think we're righteous and we're bringing righteousness around with us, we are going to become despotic and tyrannical. It's, we will force our Phariseeism on somebody else. But mm-hmm. if it's a humble rightness that's connected, you, you get a humble righteousness by staying connected to the one who's truly righteous and who knows that our righteousness comes from his righteousness mm-hmm. uh, through his cross and the resurrection. What that does is in that connection – because you're connected to someone who's a supreme being that's so creative that he says words and universes come into being. Uh, just imagine the artistry and the creativity of our God. And if someone who is righteous is by definition connected by God, connected to God, and connected to that spirit of creativity, then we're free to dream. We are free to let God lead us to wherever he's going to take us, knowing insecurity that he's going to hold us and care for us and make sure we're going the right way. That might not be easy. That might lead to something really hard, but we're secure in who we are. And we can then pursue the things of the kingdom because he's called us to it in all of his creativity and wonderfulness. Absolutely. That sets us up for adaptive leadership that Basically, one of the key components of adaptive leadership is to have a non-anxious presence. You, you've got to do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Wait, with wait, minute, wait, and minute, wait a minute, Dr. Yeah. Chung. You, you, just dropped, you, just dropped, you just dropped a major nugget. Can you re- please repeat that? One sure. of the key – say that again, please. That, that was major. One of the key components for adaptive leadership on how you help people navigate this kind of serious change is for you to be a non-anxious presence. Non-anxious presence. That's right. And that's so biblical, right? That's why I'm quoting Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer, particular thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there is a place, if we can lead without anxiety and not Mm. tapping into our people's anxiety and fear. Oh my goodness. Right? Whereas you could see the unrighteous leader will tap into our fear deeply and use yeah. that for his or her own ends and means. But a righteous leader won't do that. We'll actually be a non-anxious presence, secure in Jesus, secure in his spirit. And to allow God to unfold in his creativity what might need to pass mm-hmm. in order for us to be more fully into the kingdom and more fully express the work of the kingdom. Wow. You know, you, you see versions of that with, um, I'm studying Acts right now. Okay. Um, in part because of innovation. Uh, so I'm, I'm going Luke Acts. And one of the texts that we use in innovation for InterVarsity is Acts 11, Acts 13, and Acts 15. Acts 11? Okay. Uh-huh. Acts 11 is Antioch, where some Jews are fleeing, uh, Jewish people are leaving, fleeing persecution. And so they decide, hey, this gospel, why don't we share it with our Greek neighbors? It'd be like, hey, no one's really ever done that before. You think they're going to believe in our Messiah? Well, I don't know. Why don't you give it a shot? It's just like, they're just trying it out. Let's see what goes on, um, what we're labeling discovery in our movement. Um, and then they start. And then something's happening in Antioch as they share. These mm. people who aren't Jewish, who are mm. Greek, are becoming Christian. Well, they're like, well, that's amazing. But then as that's happening, Barnabas is seeing, so he's trying to stoke that. He brings down Paul, 
right? And they're starting to help them figure this out. And by the time you get to Acts 13, they go, okay, this is a good thing God is doing in Antioch. Maybe we should take this on the road, <laughs> right? And they pray about it. They're processing. We don't even know if that's exactly what they're praying, but we do know by the end of that prayer in Acts 13, the Spirit sends Paul and Barnabas. And they start teaching this to everybody in this, in this circuit around the Mediterranean. That's what we're calling incubation. You get this bright spot in Acts 11, and then you start to try to figure some things out as you just test it out all around, being led by God's Spirit. But then you get to Acts 15. Now, all of this already is adaptive leadership, right? They're reaching out to people they've never reached out to. And then they're reaching out in towns that they've never reached out to. Mm. By the time you get to Acts 15, they have to make a major decision. Up to that point, this was a Jewish religion. Wow. And the question at the table was, are we going to stay Jewish or not? And if we're not going to stay Jewish, we can't make them stay circumcised. We, we can't demand the same laws that we have for ourselves. Hmm. Well, we couldn't even, you'll hear James talk about it, right? we couldn't even live up to the laws that we had for ourselves. How do we expect our Greek friends to do the same? Hmm. And they have to then, their minds are blown as Peter and Paul and Barnabas are sharing, after the others have shared, like, of course you have to be circumcised. Of course you have to keep Torah. That's who we are. Jesus is just a fulfillment of that. And your exercise, and then you hear this other side saying, Paul and Barnabas and Peter are going like, hey, God told me to not call anything unclean that he's already called clean. And maybe we're supposed to reach out to the rest of the world. Hey, isn't this what was preached earlier? <laughs> you know? wow. And they're having this moment to decide who they're going to be. And if they go this other way, they're going to be who they've never been before. Right. And then James, the just has to make a call. Isn't this mm. righteous leadership? Yeah. And he's got to trust that they've got enough of scripture. They've got enough of God's spirit to make the call. And his call is, of course, it wouldn't be right for us to hold them to circumcision, but Hey, mm. can they hold to these other four things? Wow. And they move forward. And the church from that moment on in Jerusalem at the Jerusalem, they Christ, adapted and they move forward. And they move from a marginal Jewish sect into this worldwide religion. And these are the kinds of choices you make as an adaptive leader. You just imagine James. He's got all this pressure on the shoulders, right? He's got he's to decide between these two factions that are rising in the church. Thank God that Paul and Barnabas decided not to split off, right? To make their own denomination. Jerusalem, the Jerusalem church knows they don't know what they're doing. Let's just start Antioch. Let's figure out our own thing. Mm -hmm. They have the wisdom to go, no, this is for everybody. They come back together and they have to figure this out. And what's neat is that the spirit has given them enough in that room mm -hmm. to make that decision. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing about adaptive leadership is if you don't freak out, <laughs> if you are a non-anxious presence, mm -hmm. but you keep the temperature hot enough, right? Like you, there's a not too hot to overcook it, not so cold that it's not cooking at all. Mm. you're keeping that temperature cooking and then ask God, what do you want to do with that? Then adaptive leadership creates the space and the security emotionally in particular, the security to be able to move forward into the unknown. So you can drop the canoes, leave what you knew, go into the places that God is, is doing so that see, I'm doing a new thing. Mm. Um, that's you, a, you that's are, a you are unveiling, um, so much revelation here, Dr. Chow. Um, uh, as 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 the recipient of the revelation of righteous leadership, I I was blown away. I was literally blown away when 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 I heard the Spirit say, "Go on, uh, go, Daddy, right now, and register 
righteous leadership. I'm like, no way. There is no way righteousleadership.com is available. That's like that's like saying go on and register servant leadership. It's like no, that's it's a and it was available, mm. and it was available, and for us to 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 own righteousleadership.com, that was just a sign that I'm giving you this. Mm. But stay humble, stay humble. Mm. Don't think that you got this all together, and okay. what you're doing, you're just pouring in another layer. Of, of 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 who that righteous leader is that's who we all are right he who knew no sin became sin that we can be that we can be the righteousness of god and the yeah. key word there is can we already are but that we can be hmm. the righteousness of god and so what you're doing dr child you're giving us a gift of a, a gift of revelation to really unpack how we can be mm. the righteousness of God through the revelation of, of adaptive leadership. Speaking about adaptive, we are in the midst of COVID. Yes. So, so, so unpack to us is, is uh, and, and I'm looking at the clock. This, I may only have time for maybe one final question, but unpack to us the, 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 the before and after, the pre and post COVID, and how does righteous leadership or adaptive leadership comes into play in your role in, in, in a strategy and innovation yeah. so that you can thrive in the midst of COVID? What a great question. We, you know, we're heading toward thriving. Are we there yet? We're not sure. But what we did have to do, right? This, we live in an age of anxiety. It is obvious and it is clear. And if the use of mental health professionals is any kind of indication, um, we are, we feel, it seems like we're more afraid and more anxious than we've been as a country. And then COVID hits, right? And that's just boom, right in the middle of this angel of anxiety, it upends everything. And you know, particularly with university, our context was upended. So students had to stay home or they didn't, or they came to campus and then caught COVID and then had to go home you know, right, and got closed right. down. So if you can imagine the ways of us doing the ministry, like the mm -hmm. rhythms, like if you were, oh, sorry about it. If we no were, worries, no worries. if you were in the, um, you know, in the ministry for 20, 25 years, 25 years like myself, there's a certain rhythm to the calendar. There's a certain way to do things. And you show up on campus and you might have a barbecue. You, there's, other, there's things that you would do to meet students. And all of that was completely taken away. That's, and the that's, rhythms that's, that, the, that's the proverbial canoes. Yeah, it was the mountains. You have to leave that canoe the, behind. That's right. That's right. You had to leave it behind. You couldn't, the nor typical large group, small group, all the different things that we would have as basic building blocks to witnessing communities were gone mm. and completely gone. Mm. So what do you do? And that was the moment where you decide <laughs> like, well, <laughs> is God still God? Yes. Okay. So are we going to just quit? Or is there a way that we're going to ask the Lord to meet us? And I've got to tell you, it's not, it hasn't been easy. You know, that we all respond so differently. And mm. there have been real struggles, particularly for working parents and working moms who, mm. you know, they're not only doing their ministry, but they have to take care of their kids who went online for their school and right. real life happening. So I'm, I'm not trying to paint um, a fairy tale picture here. Sure. But we also, I've never seen InterVarsity so innovative. I've never seen them, 
lean into God more. I, we're praying more than I've ever seen us. Wow. Amazing. So we're wow. going deeper in our spirit because we need yes. to find an anchor in this crazy time. Yes. I think that's helping us with those places of anxiety that could creep mm. up very quickly. Mm. And then we're just open. Okay, God, well, what are you going to do? Okay, I guess it's social media. <laughs> and we did our, we, you know, how many times we used the phrase, our first ever, <laughs> our first national, you know, we had our first national large group, you know, and we had 11,000 views show up, which is basically the equivalent of our Urbana student conference. Now, wow. I know that's not the same, Sure. But when you do something for the first time and then that happens, mm. you're like, whoa, what else, Lord, do you want to do? And so in a time of both real struggle, it was mm. also a time of crazy experimentation. Mm. And I do think uh, being the non-anxious presence, trying to figure out how to help students who are not going to campus connect with ministry because we, mm. they still need to connect in some way. Mm. Um, I've been super, like, I've been really impressed by the ways that our staff and our folks responded in such creative ways. Um, and the stories you get then from that, you know, like one story is from a student in Texas and she just decided, well, I'm just going to find out who's coming to my college. And then I'm going to like look up their Instagram profiles and see if they follow <laughs> Jesus or not. And then from there, I'm just going to direct message them. I'm going to DM them for those in this audience who don't know mm -hmm, what a DM mm -hmm. is. I'm going to direct message folks. And she, through that method, you know, through being led by God's spirit in it, just had 20 people meeting in small groups before school began wow. by on her own, three ready to lead their own small groups. Wow. Two of them having a similar story where they, when they received the DM from this student, they started crying mm. because they've been praying to God. Mm. I go to this campus. I want to meet a Christian fellowship and I want to like grow. Can you help me find somebody? Mm -hmm. And the daughter then gets this message from one of our students. She starts crying because it's answered to her prayers and then tells her mom who's been praying the same thing. And she starts crying. Wow. And it's a way that God is now through all these, like in ways that we've never done before, wow. still connecting his people to each other, still leading us by his spirit, mm -hmm. still inviting people to follow him who don't yet know him, still raising up leaders in our midst. It's still wow. helping them develop to be the kinds of people that seek his kingdom in their workplaces and wherever they are. We st we're still, I think what I've been sharing is our context has changed, but our mission did not. Wow. Our context has changed, but our mission did not. That's so right. COVID may have caused a contextual change, but your mission did not. That's powerful. That's correct. We're still heading to the West Coast. We just have to go through the Rockies now. <laughs> Come on now. Come right? on now. And that's, wow. That's, wow. that's where we are. Wow. And we, there's no hubris. We're, we're tired. There's a lot. We're, we're, we're still trying mm. to figure some things out. Mm. But I, I, what I am encouraged about is that we're praying more than we've ever had. And that is sustaining us. That's, it's powerful. Dr. Chan, I'd like to close with, uh, because everything that you're, you've said in the last five, seven minutes, I, I, about three times this verse, and I have no idea what, what, what verse it is. I know, it's, I know what book. I'm not a scripture memorizer by any stretch. Um, <laughs> but I, I believe it's in James. It says, the trying of your faith, it worketh patience. And so when, when you were speaking and you're talking about COVID and you're talking about the non-anxious presence, mm. 
uh, of adaptive leadership. So, so, so when we're going through the, 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 the turbulent times, when we're going through the, 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 the shift in our context, um, our context may change, but our mission doesn't have to change because of we carry that non-anxious presence of righteousness. Mm. Yes. And, 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 and now I see the link. I couldn't see the link uh, uh, before this podcast, but now I see the link between adaptive leadership and righteous leadership. Doc, I want to give you the final words. If, if, if you have anything that you'd like to share, uh, now, that we've, we, now that we are 30 minutes plus in, and I know neither you or I saw <laughs> the linkage between adaptive and righteous in the beginning of this podcast, That's but now true. that we're 30 minutes in, do you have anything that you'd like to share with our audience? And then we'll wrap it up. Yes, I think along that line, this is a personal testimony as well as an exhortation is to say, I've had to go during COVID in a time of anxiety and fear is a time when I've personally had to go far deeper into Jesus than I've ever had before too. And the kinds of rhythms and the kinds of things I need to sustain my soul, what I had before was not enough. And it's not to boast, I'm not going to go through the list of what I do, but just to say, um, that's where our hope lies. It, it, it's going to sound so old school. It's going to sound so cliche, but it's not. Our hope is in Jesus and in no other thing. It, it, all other ground is sinking sand. And oh I God. do think that it is a time, if we do want to be adaptive leaders, if we want to be a non-anxious presence, there's, we don't have enough strength in our own to do that. Mm. We don't have enough willpower to make that happen. We have to go deeper uh, into the places of mystery, into the places where our soul, where deep calls into deep. Mm. We need to go to those places. And if I can encourage any leader here, um, <laughs> righteous or otherwise, however you see go yourself, yes. is, is as we've been defining, um, and it, I'm not, don't mean it cliche because it, it's, it's far more powerful and far more meaningful now than ever is stay connected to the vine. Go deeper into Jesus, not further away. Don't just try to figure things out for your community. Um, you've got to stay connected um, and, or you'll burn out or something else will happen, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so the exhortation, Look for God, and um, I mean, I'll leave you with Jeremiah six sixteen. This is kind of this sits on my desk, so it's actually easy, and it's here for me. Um, Thus says the Lord: Stand by the roads and look, and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. Mm. Look for the ancient paths; wow. those are the ways forward. Wow, Dr. Child, thank you so much. You have blessed us immensely. Um, uh, you've I, I can't wait to to listen to this episode because mm. it's rich. I mean, it is rich. It 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 is it, changing my life. Uh, I, I'm I'm going through a metamorphosis. I mean, I, yeah, it it may not look like that because we 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 we're on camera right now, but I am <laughs> going through an internal metamorphosis right now. Just listening to the the golden nuggets that you're sharing with us on on today's podcast. So. The last question that I've always asked my guests, every guest is, can you share with us any book that, that, that sort of fits within the context of what we're talking about here? Um, I know you talked about uh, um, 
canoe in the mountains. Is there anything else that you'd like to share uh, that uh, we approaching the Christmas holiday? Many of our listening audience will hear the show tonight, and they got what? If I look at my calendar, they got what? Fourteen more days. So they, <laughs> I, I know they're probably going through several books. But if you could share any book that fits within uh, today's episode, what would those be? <laughs> yeah, and it's a dangerous thing to ask me for a book recommendation. Uh, I'm tempted to just say, read your Bible. <laughs> but um, I think, um, you know, one that's been really impactful in the last month, one that's really met me, and surprisingly so, is Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. And it's not necessarily going to be like the academic uh, thing that wows you that way. What I think, and I hope if Francis is listening, I don't know if he ever listens. I hope he doesn't take offense. Um, I think what he does is he takes the things that we take for granted and makes them new again, makes them fresh again. The stuff you knew deep down helps you re-see the old truths again. Um, and Letters to the Church is one of those things that I think wakes us up, particularly if you're in vocational full-time ministry, to like reset. What are we doing? What is the goal of what we do and why do we do it? Wow. And I think taps into adaptive leadership because if you're not satisfied with what you're quote unquote producing, what your church is, who, who are your people becoming? Yes. Um, that if you're not satisfied with that, this, this book will fire you up and will then force you to go like, okay, God, well, <laughs> that change will require adaptive leadership. I would promise you if you want to shift from a consumer kind of church where people come to get something out of, out of it to a church where everyone is contributing their gifts. Wow. Um, this is the kind of church, the uh, book that's just simple to read, but I find it convicting. Wow. So letters to the church, Francis Chan is my recommendation. <laughs> Francis Chan needs no more recommendations, but I've given him one. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yep. Dr. Chow, thank you so much for, for being here with us. Um, this has been an amazing year for each and every one of us. And, what a great message um, to close out the year. Is there anything that you would like to share as a closing feedback? I want to give you the mic, and after you, we'll, we'll close our show. Any closing? Uh, would, can, you, can you just pray for our audience? Maybe we can end with that as well. Yeah, I would be glad to just pray. And Dr. Ray, thanks for hosting. You, Absolutely. You, the gift of encouragement, brother. And it's, it's been a, a, a joy, a delight to be on mm. this podcast. Well, let me pray. Oh, Father, um, you are a good God, and mm. you are so creative, and you know where all this is going. You know where all of history is ending up, and you're guiding us with your loving and skillful hand to that direction where everything will be made right. Everything will be righteous one day, and in righteous leadership, we are ushering in, really being a part of your kingdom till the day when all things are made righteous, yes, all Lord. things are made right. So, Lord, um, thank you for our listeners as well. I pray a blessing. I'm sure there are people out there going through a, a really hard time in this season. Mm. And I pray, Father, that your spirit would meet them where they are and let them know, God, that you are present with them, that you know what they're going through, that your spirit would fill them in their time of need, that you would feel close, not far mm. away, that you would speak words of encouragement that you would bring breakthrough in the places that they seek it, that, Lord, you would draw people closer to you in it. Mm. And, Lord, make us all righteous leaders. I just only hope to be that uh, mm. one day. 
And I pray that as we all strive, as Dr. Ray, myself, as we all seek to be people who want to be known as leaders who are right, who are not right in what we think, but right with you, Mm. that your spirit would lead us and guide us to that way. Now, may the peace of the Lord Jesus bless you. May the peace of the Lord Jesus go with you wherever he may send you. May he Mm. guide you in the wilderness, protect you in the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Amen. 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 You've been listening to the Righteous Leadership Podcast. This is our final episode of 2020. Looking forward to seeing you once again in 2021. You can find the Righteous Leadership Podcast virtually on almost every platform. You can even speak to Siri and say, Siri, play me the Righteous Leadership Podcast. If you have been blessed, please share our podcast or visit us on our website, arrayoflight.com. That's another way in which you can subscribe. Just go A-R-A-Y-O-F-L-I-G-H-T. Until we meet again in 2021, Merry Christmas.